Shelly Delaney presents. A Warren A.P.'s production presents. A Warren A.P.'s production, The Movie Professors. Gory. Okay. You waiting for me to intro? <laughs> yeah, it's customary. You do the intro, remember? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so, welcome to Professor Movie, MD. <laughs> what's our doctorate in? Um, uh, what's the the head where you like feel people's heads? For lumps on their head. I don't know. Uh, I'll think of it halfway through the podcast and it won't matter. Okay. It was like a bullshit 1800s pseudoscience. Yeah. A doctrine of applying leeches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Science. <laughs> okay. So, we just watched the movie Barbed Wire. I made you watch it. <laughs> Um, and I couldn't figure out why I had suggested it, um, but it was subconsciously because we had that discussion at uh, Mr. Euro where I said, "What was? Wasn't there a bad movie that was a remake of Casablanca?" Yes. And we couldn't figure out what that was, mm-hmm. and I never really figured it out. But then this movie popped in my head, and as I started to watch it, I was like, "Yes." This is the one. Yes. It's the gender swap of Casablanca. <laughs> so uh, how quickly did you figure that out? Uh, well, right away. Uh, when, when, as soon as um, the male uh, love interest. I'm into the mic for a minute. Sorry. Yeah. The male interest came in to the bar and she like slapped him. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, that wasn't the same movie or the same scene. No, no. You know, instead of having a very sweet exchange of them recognize each other, she just slaps them in the face. Yeah. And the fact that she's like a bar owner, Mm -hmm. like like Rick. Yeah. Humphrey Bogart. Man, Humphrey Bogart has so much more charisma than Pamela Anderson. How dare you? (laughs) I love her. She's okay. I mean, she just kind of like her performance is really one note. Mm-hmm. Don't call me babe. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, so I found out why she says that is so. Barbed Wire was a, a comic book uh, by Dark Horse, and it was released at the same time as another. Um, that the name I couldn't find the other one. It's even more forgettable. But it, it's a a buxom main character who is kind of an airhead, mm-hmm. and she's called like Babe something. Hmm. And so people would mix them up. And so that was uh, Barbed Wire's uh, tagline is, don't call me babe. This movie was so good, the comic book stopped yes. running. Yes, yes. It, it did so well. It was like, ugh. They were like, we can't keep going to compete with this amazing movie. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, we'll do the, the plot real quick. We'll just mm-hmm. go through it. So... The movie starts out, and she's doing a striptease. Mm-hmm. That's that's the thing. And she's doing a secret agent thing or something. She's there's no real 
function for the opening scene. Mm-hmm. She's just doing a job. She's getting some girl out of hiding. Mm-hmm. Who was the actress? Oh, I, I didn't think she was a big name actress. Yeah. No? Yeah, she's... um. She ends up in... Isn't she the one in, in Batman and Robin? The girl in that? Alicia like, Silverstone? I thought it was her. She is in the same outfit in Batman <laughs> Forever. Well, maybe. Maybe that's uh, what it was. She's in like the schoolgirl uniform. No, I don't think that was her. Well, anyways, she, she gets... She rescues the lady, then goes back to her bar. Mm-hmm. And then we learn that we're in the second Civil War. Yes. American Civil and War. it's the year 2017. Yes. I, I, so two years ago. And so then they live in the only free city, mm-hmm. Harbor? Steel C- Harbor. Steel Harbor, okay. It looks like it's California. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like it's L.A. A, yeah, kind of thing. it's the L.A. docks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like the whole movie is the L.A. Yes. docks. So very similarly to Casablanca, it's they're the one uh, neutral city surrounded by occupied areas. And so people are allowed to live there as they want to, but they're still under close supervision of their version of the Third Reich. Yes. And, um, future Nazis. Yeah, future Nazis. Um, and... But p- people get arrested for doing things that are against the government there anyway. And so her whole character is that she um, says that, j- just like Rick, that she she sticks her neck for, out for no one and she doesn't take a side. But we learned that it's because she was a part of the resistance movement um, and it didn't end well for her and she became disillusioned. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and that that just follows the plot mm-hmm. of of uh, Casablanca from then on. Yep. There's like some bullshit that goes back and forth, and eventually he sides with the resistance, or mm-hmm. she sides with. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the main character sides with the resistance, and they both get away, mm-hmm. but they stay. So that's the plot. It's pretty thin, actually, because Casablanca is also a pretty thin plot. Yeah. It's it's not really a movie. It's a pretty simple movie. Yes, it is. Um, it's more an interesting situation with really amazing, interesting characters. So, I'm serious. Like, yeah. Humphrey Bogart, I, he, he's, um, he could just smoke a cigarette, mm-hmm. and you'd be like, mm-hmm. yep, I'm into this. <laughs> I watched it right after um, oh. Barb Wire, just so I could really see the parallels as much, and I forgot that there's the... The, the police character, because they have yeah. a, a similar police character who is um, a drunkard and a gambler. And the whole his whole point is that he's like a, you know, a self-admitted bad guy, but he's honest about it. Mm-hmm. But he seems to kind of be on the main character's side. And he says something. He's trying to describe Rick to someone. And he's like, if I were a woman, I would be in love with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love the fact that, like, Casablanca ends. We're just going to talk about Casablanca for mm-hmm. a minute. When it ends... You're like, oh, it's the most romantic story ever about two dudes. <laughs> yeah. Because at the end of it, they like walk away into the fog. And like, like, this oh, is no. the beginning of a good friendship. Yeah. yeah I love that. And uh, so the, the parallel line in Barb Wire is that that character says to her, I think I'm falling in love. And she <laughs> says, get in line. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. 
That made me smile. Oh, um, okay. Uh, the guy who plays the cop chief, whatever the detective chief mm-hmm. guy, he is the stepdad in Terminator Two. Oh, and the whole time Todd. And I was trying to figure out the whole time because I knew his face from something. Yeah. He plays such a minor role in that movie, but I've yeah. seen Terminator 2 like 10 times. Yeah. So. Oh, what is that actor's name? I looked it up. It was Xander. Zan- Xander. Yeah. Uh, Xander Berkeley. That's what it was. And then who else is in there? Uh, Clint Howard, who's oh, yeah. another good character actor. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the guy that sells her out. Oh, yeah. Um, early on and. What's he in? I always picture him because he was in that horror movie. Was it called Candy Man or mm. Ice Cream Man? I don't know. I didn't it's, see it. Yeah, he kills little kids and yeah, he's puts creepy... them in his ice cream. I keep good, I get I get him confused with uh, the actor who plays Booger, in oh yeah. But they look similar, but they're totally different actors. Yeah. Uh, he was also in like Apollo thirteen, but I don't even remember who. Oh yeah, no, he's um, done more serious roles as well. But... And Udo Carr, I love Udo Carr. The guy who plays Curly. Oh yeah. Udo Carr. Is, yeah, he's, he's great. He's in so much awesome just weird fucking shit mm-hmm. so um they didn't have a, a sam uh character yeah i mean there was the shitty band who played and they also had a dj at the same time yeah that was weird but also casablanca didn't have her brother charlie yeah. i liked that i thought that was a interesting yeah she has the brother that was also a resistance fighter and he lost his eyes yeah did you notice the whole like visual theme with the contact lenses yeah. and the blind brother and she mm-hmm. had lost her way and couldn't see where to go until she found the resistance again did you get that theming did you see it <laughs> what do they say did you not see me coming and he's what does he say when he takes off his glasses something like i don't see much of anything anymore or something stupid uh, I, love I was like, who? I couldn't identify the actor, and I was like, is that Axel Rose? <laughs> <laughs> he looked like a hair metal guy, but he's just. I guy. looked on his IMDb page, and it's all just TV stuff. Oh, okay. I don't know what else mm-hmm. he's done. He's just a bit guy. He was, he was fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, Pamela Anderson's hair was terrible. The whole movie, it looked. Awesome. It looked really. I don't know. It looked like a rat's nest to me. Well, especially in the beginning, because she's. <laughs> all wet and so there her hair is all in her face the entire time <laughs> that was awkward and the um her her corset thing yeah. that like made her hips just like square <laughs> into square. her stomach it was really weird it was just perfectly 80s and awesome yeah even though it was made in 95 I, yeah it just i i know it just there's something about it that really tried to capture the 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 way that the 80s viewed the future yeah no i agree it was yeah. It's in that category of like uh, Tank Girl yeah. or um, shit, what's another one like that? There's like big budget, mm-hmm. quote unquote, futuristic movies that just look like dog shit when you watch them again because it's all. Waterworld? Ooh. Waterworld is different because everything works. Mm. See, in Waterworld, and I just watched it recently, in, in this, there's a bunch of like gimmicky props mm-hmm. that do nothing like the the eye things they put over it's just like a welding helmet with yeah. it's like crap yeah. in Waterworld, there's like a bunch of just shots of everything working mm. like it's a rube goldberg machine of just stuff mm. so it's always it has practical applications that at least pretends like it has function mm-hmm. whereas in this it's just like you know like neon and then they like put some tubes or you know well, that it's funny because you say that because there's the torture victim mm-hmm. who it's like they're giving her orgasms to death. 
So they have these <laughs> electrodes going to her crotch and her tits. Yeah. And she makes crazy noises that aren't torture noises. And then they show a computer screen about how her brain is being affected. There aren't any wires going to her brain. Nope. So <laughs> it's just all going to her boobs. And they're like, <laughs> oh, this part of your brain is showing you're lying. And, like, the things that go on her boobs and crotch look terrible. Yeah. They, they're they like, really dumb. Uh, uh, like, it's just everything about the movie looks – it looked like like a sci-fi channel movie. Mm-hmm. It just – all the props looked like crap. Mm-hmm. Um, there was the scene when they, like, rough up the bar, and some people had AK-47s, but other people had, like, a sledgehammer and then axe handles. Like – yeah, I guess that's what you would bring, but also, you just buy those at the hardware store. Like, it's not futuristic at all. They didn't even yeah. spray paint them or Especially anything. Especially because they're supposed to be, like, really highly paid cops. <laughs> With, like, red are, eye goggles. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this movie, what was it? It made it onto the, it's an official Razzie mm-hmm. award, so it was the 100 most amusingly bad movies ever made. And I, I disagree like, I thought some of it was really funny, and yeah. a lot of it was just a fucking slog. Like, when they tried to do the Mobits in Casablanca that are tense, mm-hmm. you know, like, when <clears throat> Xander's character comes in, and he's, like, trying to get a bribe mm-hmm. out of barbed wire. It's supposed to be, like, really tense, and there's supposed to be all this, like, friction between them and stuff. It just came off as, like, cr- like nothing. Yeah. Like, I didn't feel anything. It didn't feel like it, it just was like, here's money, go away. Yeah. Whereas in like Casablanca, when that happens uh, between uh, Rick and mm-hmm. the French guy, mm-hmm. it's like actually tense because you can, like, he walks around the bar first and he actually has weight, and where this guy just walks in, it's just, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> and that bar, oh man, <laughs> it's like just in a warehouse with, ugh. It was just cheap. <laughs> it made me think, though, like that motif of bars being pictured in that <clears throat> dirty way with mm-hmm. like women in cages and like everyone dressed up like they're going to a goth prom mm-hmm. and like the band in the corner kind of in a cage, too. That I wonder when that theme started because you've seen it and I've seen it in so many movies. It's like in Blade. Yeah. It's in the show Lucifer. Like, it's just like the underworld has a bar and it looks like this. The first really good example I can think of a, like, industrial techno bar mm-hmm. is 1982 from Terminator 1. Oh, yeah. Uh, when they go into the club and it's actually called Techno R. Like, that's the name of the club. And uh, it's got a really purposeful, like, neon industrial thing. Because Terminator's a robot, blah, mm. blah, blah. That's also the shot where you learn, like, that Reese is the good guy and that Schwarzenegger's the bad guy. Because before that, the main character doesn't know either. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the first real example I can think of a bar like that. Mm. So, But then it just kind of became a theme. Like, all mm-hmm. underworld bars look the same. Yeah. yeah. It's easy to shoot and easy mm-hmm. to make. And you can, like, just destroy it all, too. Which they eventually do in this movie. Yeah, um, so Pamela Anderson has one note, which is grizzled low talk, and successfully does one action scene, kind of. I really liked that scene. That was probably one of my favorite scenes, is which her personal action scene where she is... The gunfight? Uh, 
the gunfight yeah. where she's in the the hotel, the CD hotel. Right, right. So we, now we can talk about because that's not even connected to the plot. No. Like she just literally goes, "I need to go make money, mm-hmm. so I'm going to go pretend to be a hooker." Mm-hmm. So she picks up a dude who apparently conveniently lives next door to the guy who has the MacGuffin of the movie. No, I mean that that was planned. I, I think that they were suggesting that. Because she, she knew the name of that particular person and, and mm. their connection to the resistance. And yeah. so we're, we're made to think that she knows a lot more than she's talking about. Or she is keeping tabs on the resistance more than she admits. Sure. So she knows who Spike is, the leader of the resistance. So it And she's moonlit at this particular place before many times. So I think that were to think that she timed it perfectly to she knew this guy would take her to this room she knew he'd be there at that time so i thought it made sense okay well movie logic yeah it, it just was but more importantly the crouching gunfire that oh, she did in heels that were maybe six inches tall was so impressive to me but we're going to skip over the the gimp outfit that that dude wore Oh, that was great, right? <laughs> that was really weird. Yeah, you, you get, you're like, oh, God, this guy's into rough stuff. He's going to beat the shit out of her. And then he, like, is in, like, a leather diaper. <laughs> and he's like, I've been bad. Yeah, and he gets hit by with a big paddle in the back of the head. That house. was great. I, I thought they were going to be, like, like tweet bird noises and, like, mm-hmm. like really cartoonish. But, yeah, I mean, the action scene was fine. Um, yeah, she was, she was fine. The, the, the main problem i have is not her it's just the way the movie was shot the camera could not stop moving no matter what the fuck was going on so most of the action was actually kind of hard to read so like all that really happened in that entire fight scene happened within like five or ten feet they just kind of walk back Mm -hmm. and forth and shoot each other Mm -hmm. but the camera moved like 80 feet all around the room and stuff and then the the guy who survives is like, you're pretty good, babe. And he's like, don't call me babe, and shoots him out the window. And you're like, okay, that was really anticlimactic. Like, it could have been like, babe, and then like with coming down with something and turned around. And, you know, yeah. it was just kind of like, I don't know. I wasn't expecting any <laughs> climaxes. <laughs> <laughs> but she's naked the whole movie, so... Uh, <laughs> She the whole opening sequence of her um, stripping while being showered in water was a I guess a nightmare she had, <laughs> and she shared it with the director and he had been given a, a lot of problems from the studio saying there needs to be more nudity in this it's not this isn't what we're paying her for mm-hmm. and he couldn't think of anything that would be true to her character and so she was like how about we do that i had a dream let's do that and then that's what they shot for the opening yeah sequence which was cool and then she gets one see this is the thing though at the end of the movie there's an action sequence too Mm -hmm. but she just gets her foot caught in a motorcycle and then can't move and then when she can move she like kicks the dude twice Mm -hmm. and then just grabs a hook Mm -hmm. and then (laughs) drops him like that was the big climax of the movie was he gets dropped. I thought that it wasn't just about her in that scene, too, because it was more at that point, the character of Axel, which is the um, oh, yeah, Bacall 
yeah. parallel. Um, he has more of an um, impressive action scene. Oh, yeah. He's good. There. Oh, that was the guy. The evil guy. I can't even remember his fucking name. Um, I wanted him to be played by Ernest. Really bad. <laughs> I thought he would have been, like, perfect in that role. Well, I... Is that something they pitched, or no, no? You, just, just in my brain, I, did, I just saw him, and I was like, "He would have been perfect," because the guy was like, "He was he was like not creepy enough." Yeah, he wasn't creepy enough. He was not. True. He was just totally forgettable. My favorite creepy line in the movie is when they're first trying to sell the young girl to the guy, and he says, um, "She is as tender as Tuscan veal." <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah, and then the, the the Asian bartenders at her club, the Hammerhead was that the name of her club? Hammerhead, yeah. Like super racist, like really white faced mm-hmm. with the Asian makeup and the like Chinese dresses, and the whole time I was just yeah, this is not cool. It wasn't cool then, and it's even worse now. Yeah, it's real, real bad now. <laughs> I originally saw this movie uh, with no idea what it was supposed to be an homage to. Mm -hmm. So I just remember thinking that it was cool to see uh, a character who's uh, female and is a sex symbol, but is untouchable, like as a character, because everyone in the movie wants her, uh, but they, they know they could never take her. Sure. Like, so she has power in every scene. So I just remember thinking that that was cool. Plus, Pamela Anderson is super smart. Mm-hmm. So I think I had started to like read. She's like really politically savvy. She's incredibly smart. Like I read her Twitter all the time to try to understand politics in Europe, which I don't. And so I was like, oh, she's interesting. And so then I saw that movie and I was like, you know what? Pretty badass. Yeah. I feel like she took the, the situation that was available to her mm-hmm. and it was not, you know, the most flattering because it's got a lot of nudity and stuff, but well, yeah, it was. I mean that that's that is who she is, though. Is sure, but I mean, like you know, it's not like it wasn't like a like a Verhoeven or like a real like it's John David Hogan, like it was just like a a slightly exploitative piece mm-hmm. on purpose by design. This, you literally said the studio wanted more nudity, yeah. So, but it was a good opportunity, like. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was growing up, it was, like, prime puberty bullshit. Like, mm-hmm. we get to see tits, and that was the, the whole thing. So, and then I watched Casablanca later, and then the connections yeah. fell this last time I watched. Actually, I watched Casablanca a little while ago at Central Cinema. So, yeah. uh, but. I just don't think it's exploitive if she's a party to and leading all of those decisions. Oh, yeah. It, that's who she is. Yeah, she. Totally is nudity she is sex and she's never made any decision to be a part of that without it being her idea yeah it just it doesn't come off that way in her character in the movie what do you mean like she played it as straight as possible Mm -hmm. and i don't it didn't seem like any of her lines had any like comedy or self-realization to it everyone seemed like they were playing it as straight as possible that's like my one complaint about the movie and why i'm saying that like Ernest would have been perfect as the bad guy like Mm -hmm. literally chewing the scenery or Mm -hmm. something because even though it was really fucking goofy like the goons are hilarious everyone's still trying to like give the best performance they can and nobody's kind of self-aware which was really strange Mm. like 
there was no point where it was like Pamela Anderson like winked at the camera or you know what I mean like which is fine I think it's just of that time they actually wanted to make that kind of movie um but you know like you watch like I don't know RoboCop or something or or where it's kind of more self-aware of what it's doing where it's actually making fun of it in a way or um yeah I think probably is that the movie is really close to the comic because that kind of over-the-top dialogue um, that isn't self-aware is so comic booky. Yeah. True. So just having a very like a close shot drawing of like the female character saying something over the top. It, it, all of her lines in that are really corny, but she just says them with conviction, and I. I don't think there's supposed to be a joke there. No, I, I know. I'm just like the there's that scene where they go in and shoot those guys, the the guys who work for the shark loan or no, the the pawnbroker guy. Mm -hmm. And then they take him and they like put him in a machine so they can watch the last images of his life. <sighs> Right, and it's just like really cartoony and over the top. Like mm -hmm. all that shit's hilarious, but they play it straight. Like they, this is not silly. Or they have those big things they put in front of someone's face to scan their eyes, and it looks hilarious because it's like a welding mask. It's the entire face and shows something. It's really goofy, but there's no like payoff to the joke. It's just like a like a a setup with no payoff, and. Uh, maybe like um, Tank Girl does that really well. Tank Girl is really self-aware. It's very silly. It's very yeah. It's very silly and actually it's to some detriment because like mm. um, I think the main guy in that is actually pretty scary, but they make him so silly with his like holographic head and shit. Yeah. That it doesn't really work at the end. I kept thinking of Mario Brothers. Oh God! Oh, that was the other one I was trying. That's to That's really self-aware oh and God. ridiculous when it comes to their technology and yeah. That movie's a whole mess. <laughs> Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo, like two of the biggest actors in the world. Yes. And they put them in Mario Brothers. Apparently they were just stoned every day. Yeah. <laughs> that was the only way they could get through how horrible it was. Yeah. Bob Hoskins is weird. I was thinking of him as like Shmi. Mm -hmm. It's like he's such a good actor, but I don't know him from his like serious work because he did like a bunch of real movies. I only know him from... That and Who Framed Roger Rabbit mm -hmm. and Mario Brothers and mm -hmm. all that goofy shit. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It is a product of its time. Mm -hmm. Like, it's fine. It's very comic booky, but in a way that I, I don't know. Like, hmm. I I don't know. I just didn't enjoy. <laughs> It's there, okay. There wasn't anything very. There was a few things that were really funny, and a lot of it was kind of boring. Mm. So, and like the best performance in it was Udo Carr, because Udo Carr is a very just strange man, mm -hmm. and seeing him just do what he does, yeah, is great. And he was very sincere the whole time, more yeah. than anyone else was. So he like really cares about her. He really cares about the bar. Yeah. And when it's smashed to pieces, 
everything about that scene's dumb, but he's like his heart's breaking, and yeah. you can like you can tell in that moment. But even he has like levity in it too. Like yeah, he walks he in, he has a shaved head, and he walks in with like the wig. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that looks terrible, and he's like sweeping up. And the they bar. call him Curly. They sweeping up the bar, and he takes a drink and smashes it on the ground. Like yeah. he even has some jokes in there too. Yeah. Like, yeah, and I think is really weird. Mm-hmm. Like he's um, he's he's the psychiatrist in Armageddon. But he's the one giving everybody the psych. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a great movie. <laughs> it's a mess, but it's a great movie. Um, but yeah, like his his performance, and maybe the chief, he was pretty good too. Yeah, I thought well, he's a good actor. I thought that in the few scenes where they had barbed wire show emotion, I thought she mm-hmm. did fine with it. Like I thought she communicated the change pretty well. Um, but I I think that. The, the writing was poor in that, especially compared to Casablanca, because the whole reason why Casablanca is interesting with Rick's choices is that he and her character, their relationship is very real and very complex. Mm-hmm. And it, that just wasn't true in this. No. And it's funny, I was thinking about how all the movies in the 40s and 50s, how they dealt with relationships in actually a more complex way than Hollywood does even now. Yep. I was thinking about how you could even say that Casablanca is a movie about polyamory mm-hmm. because she it isn't just a movie about like being married and having feelings for someone else and then your marriage falls apart because that's what new Hollywood is. Someone has feelings for someone else and they realize the first person wasn't right for them after all. And that's actually really traditional and boring. Mm-hmm. But in Casablanca, she very much loves both of them. Yeah. And she doesn't want to give up either of them. Whereas in this movie, we never really find out why that character, Axel, why he left her. Mm-hmm. And so there's no payoff there. We don't, we're just like, he's just an asshole. He just left her hanging and made her bitter. And that was never explained. And I'm only just realizing that now. Yeah. And then and there's no love triangle at all. Like she's fighting feelings that she has for him now that she used to have, but and I thought she did a pretty good job with that personally. Like just watching her have that. I thought I understood what she was trying to portray. But the writing between the three of them, which is the heart of Casablanca, is was totally missing in this yeah. movie. Yeah. I mean, we haven't even talked about the other woman, the the other character. Yes. She's like got dirt on the government, mm-hmm. she's trying to get to Canada. She, she was definitely the Laszlo. That yeah, was yeah, pretty yeah. obvious. But in the movie, it's like she's got to. So she's. They're not escaping Casablanca. They're escaping uh, Harbor St- Steel. Steel Harbor. Steel Harbor. God, that movie's dumb. Um, they're trying to escape Steel Harbor to go to Canada so she can like tell everybody about this shitty thing the government did. But they need contact it's, lenses. So it's they can, not telling everybody. It's that the government is trying to wipe out a part of the population with a certain kind of hepatitis that, um, and she in, she was injected with the anecdote. Okay. And so if she can like make copies of that somehow, or like, so she is the anecdote to this thing that the government is trying to use as a biological weapon. Yeah. So then they can help her save everybody. So Yeah, and then there's the contact lenses that allow them to get to the retinal scanners so she can, yeah. can get on the plane to go to Canada, yeah. which is the thing that everybody's looking for, which is the big MacGuffin. That, that, that's, but she's like, that's 
that's the only thing she does. Mm-hmm. She doesn't even say anything much else. The I think she has one exposition where she explains that, yeah. and then that's it. We know that she was very important and smart and brave, but we that's all they say. They're yeah. just like she was very smart and important yeah. and brave. They just they they tell it and they yeah, don't show they it. They don't show it yeah. at all. No. So, in I, fact, the one scene where they get to do anything, they're like. Okay, go to this place and be careful. And then they instantly get caught like a bunch yeah. of idiots. So it's like, then they meet Spike, who speaks through a dog collar. Like again, mm-hmm. like it sounds so stupid, but they play it off like, no, this is serious. This very is serious. yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then she's this black girl is given the contact lenses of the brightest blue eyes ever. Oh yeah, <laughs> and that looks so natural. Yeah. But it, it just made me think of. Uh, a much better movie about the feature in contact lenses, which is Gattaca. Oh, yeah. Gattaca's a great movie. Yeah. And that's a very believable love story. I really enjoyed that movie. Between Jude Law and... And Ethan Hawke? Ethan Hawke, yes. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I like when Jude Law doesn't play a bad guy, because he's only played a bad guy in movies for, like... The past ten years. You know, his character in, in Gattaca reminds me of his character in I Heart Huckabees, which oh, is, yeah. he's actually, he seems like, it's so believable that you think this is how he is in real life. Very sweet and charming, but really a narcissist. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing in Gattaca, because he's like obsessed with himself and how great he could have been. I haven't seen both of those movies in a very long time. Mm-hmm. I think I have a copy of Gattaca. On DVD. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Not on Blu-ray. <laughs> I mean, 4K? Yeah. I can't I see know. it being remade anymore. <laughs> no, they're going to remake. <laughs> they're remaking that one. Yeah. Gattaca, it's going to be the same guy who did uh, the new Blade Runner instead of Dune. I, that sounds fine. Yeah. The new Blade Runner is a shit. Eh, it's okay. How dare you? It's so much better than the original. Um, I disagree for a few reasons, but only because the new Blade Runner is ex- exceedingly bloated. Like, they were like, we, we get, we're we going to do the whole world. We're showing you the huge world of Blade Runner. That's the best part of it. And the original Blade Runner is all about just an interesting s- story with interesting characters who have genuinely complex motivations that actually have to be untangled. I... I think that the main character in the new Blade Runner, though, is yeah. extremely complex, and everything that happens to him is very surprising and definitely. So go back and watch Blade Runner, and just take Deckard Kane and go, <laughs> not Deckard Kane, uh, Deckard, and just don't even think about him, and only think about Rachel. Rachel is the main character of the movie, mm-hmm. and then the movie becomes super interesting because Rachel goes through so many different changes and actually does a bunch of stuff mm. that is genuinely interesting if you think about how she moved through the movie. Mm. Um, I do like the new Blade Runner. I think it's good. Uh, I only saw it once. Um, it brought a lot to the table. The thing that I didn't really like about it was the... Uh, I don't know. It was just It just was too long. Like Some of it just... I, some stuff I just didn't think was important. I, I think that we might be viewing the same thing, but in totally different ways, because yeah. that is exactly what I liked about it, is the, the how completely they created a world. And mm-hmm. uh, I was talking to my friend about this, where we were saying that it's as if you could, if you were holding the camera to the action, 
Um, if you turned away and walked down a different alley, and you'd be watching just as interesting of a story happen. Right, yeah. Which I, I just thought that was very unique. And in the first Blade Runner, I just dig its, like, noir aspects, mm -hmm. and it's super kind of hard-boiled. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it just wanted to do that and did it really well, and I just enjoy it. Like, it's not a good time. It is, it is a really horrible, shitty time. Yeah. But it is um, very driven, mm -hmm. and I just, I don't know. I like it. I love the visuals of the new movie, and I really and also Old Man Harrison Ford just didn't do it for me. Ugh. It just didn't. It just. I, did. I think we're gonna have to change the subject. <laughs> yeah. Throw down these. I know, but I fucking love uh, what's his face, uh, the main dude. Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling's great. He's fucking amazing. I. Every I mean, I I loved the relationship in that movie. I thought it was shown really well in that fight scene oh, yeah. that they have. That was clever. So good. Yeah. I remember sitting there not breathing because it was so interesting because what they have the the visual of the singer. Is it Elvis mm -hmm. or is it mm -hmm. Frank Sinatra? I can't it remember. Elvis. And it's playing the song and they're fighting and the lights are on and then it turns off and turns on. So there's like silence and it's so awkward. And I just remember that I like forgot to breathe. Yeah. But then like the the end of it is so like – it's so interesting that Redgar Howard goes to meet his like literal god. Mm -hmm. They just can't do that with the new. They didn't. They weren't able to do that with the new Blade Runner. They had to have like basically a guy who was playing a fake god, which was interesting. Yeah, I didn't like Jared Leto's yeah. character. It was not very well thought out. I thought. No, and that was the stuff where it's like, in terms of how Blade Runner works mm -hmm. as a whole, I thought the whole the movie works very well, whereas. Mm -hmm. Sort of the last act mm -hmm. of the new Blade Runner falls apart. Yeah. I think it's due to just that character. Like, everything about Ryan Gosling's character mm -hmm. and his relationship with Harrison Ford was very real, and that journey was very moving. But, yeah, the the bad guy had n a tenth – had no complexities. And yeah. so he was so shallow compared to Rutger Hauer's character. Yeah. And you had no idea why he was evil. And I don't – Jared Leto just doesn't make me feel anything. I, <laughs> Whenever he plays a bad guy, and I'm sure in his head he's like, I'm being so interesting and complex because mm -hmm. it just seems really narcissistic the way that he goes for roles. Like I'm going to be as weird as possible and blow people's minds. And I just see him trying so hard to do that, and I don't get that. Yeah. I'm like, this is, you're just, you're, that character in particular had no depth him there was no like secret reason that he was so evil um he had no he thought he was his own god and mm -hmm. yeah it totally took that out of it so. and if you look at the first blade runner like redgar howard is the bad guy mm -hmm. but then you have tyrell who's not a bad guy but is driven by his own motivations that you can completely understand that makes him a bad guy mm -hmm. like he kicks rachel out the second somebody else realizes that rachel's not human He's just like, oh, it didn't work, fuck you. Because in his mind, they're not even human. Mm -hmm. And that makes him a shitty dude, but you understand that without him ever having to say anything. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the new Blade Runner, he makes like a fake Rachel with the wrong eye color and really convoluted bullshit. And he's like blind with the weird, like, like it's just really oddly contrived. Is the eye color, I mean, it's, it's the eye color of... Of replicants. Harrison Ford knows it's not. Yeah. 
Rachel because of it. Doesn't really matter. It's just some reason why Harrison Ford knows it's not really Rachel. But in the original Blade Runner, all this is just happens off camera. And you just understand it when Rachel shows up at the bar. Like, I've seen the movie way too many times now. Uh, Jen Thomas, it's her favorite movie. So I was like, okay, I'm going to sit down and watch this movie a bunch and figure it out. And then it clicked. And I was like, oh, it's actually really brilliant. Mm-hmm. I'm just stupid. Because it took me many many like times watching it to actually mm-hmm. see what they were trying to do. So... The, you to know, me, that means that they were ineffective. Like, yeah, but sometimes I don't think it should take that many viewings to appreciate a movie. It depends on what it is. Like, I just watched Akira, and for the first time, I kind of got the plot of Akira, and I was like, "Oh, I see what they're trying to do now." Maybe I just wasn't ready for it. Mm-hmm. Maybe I am just stupid. Maybe I really do have to just watch it multiple times before I can actually understand it. Mm-hmm. But also, maybe it's not supposed to be easy to, to digest the first time mm. you know like you know they're, simple movies are fun Marvel movies are great mm-hmm. they're super fun but they're also just you just ingest them you just eat them and mm-hmm. you know what happens mm-hmm. whereas like you watch I don't know something like The Shining and you watch it and you're like I don't feel right but I don't know why. Yeah. And then you watch it again, like trying to figure out why you don't feel right, yeah. and you get a little bit more of it. Yeah. Like, or or anything, or any kind of complicated art, mm-hmm. kind of ends up being that way sometimes. And Blade Runner just clicked with me one time. Mm-hmm. Well, and I also don't think the third act where they're running around that apartment hotel—that's mm-hmm. pretty fucking silly. Yeah. Run your house like ooh, and <laughs> breaking fingers and shit. That's dumb shit. But, you know, <clears throat> the rest of the movie's interesting. I was trying to think of what other, what Roger Howard movies where he's not evil. He plays a blind samurai oh. called Blind Fury. Oh, is that good? No. <laughs> but he doesn't play a bad guy. Uh, Lady Hawk was Lady the Hawk. only other one I could think of. Yeah, and I haven't seen Lady Hawk. <clears throat> it's been recommended to me. It's pretty good. <laughs> it didn't look good to me. <laughs> it looked like a Conan the Barbarian knockoff with. No, I, I, the main <clears throat> plot is good. It's him and then Michelle Pfeiffer, and she's great. Oh. So the two of them hold it up. But then Ferris Bueller is in there for some reason. It's literally Matthew Broderick acting like Ferris Bueller, but in medieval times. <laughs> so, he, and he's even younger, so it's even weirder. And that he helps them somehow, but he just acts like a douche. Like so there's a new, kind of there's a new Godzilla movie coming out, which I'm super excited for. Okay. But people are starting to talk about. The Matthew Broderick Godzilla again. Oh. The movie sucks. I sucks. did not see that. It's so bad, but hmm. I don't. Matthew Broderick, man. Not, not, he's not good. I'm like, <laughs> have I ever felt anything about him? No. Yeah. Ferris Bueller's Day Off is also very, like, it's a fun movie to watch, but when you think too much about it, he's like a narcissistic oh, dick. Oh, yeah. You know? He's the worst. <clears throat> um, anything else we should say about barbed wire? Oh, Pamela Anderson some good tits. Hey, can recommend for tits. <laughs> two, two out of two for boobs. <laughs> I just like her. And I, all of her sexuality to me is empowering just in the way that she does it, which I think is really difficult to achieve. Like, she is made an empire of herself by herself 
So I just think that's cool. Um, fuck, I can't remember her name right now. Uh, she's in Blue Velvet. Uh, oh, um, and she's Isabella also, Rossellini. Yes, for some reason I always think of the two, like, cause she's extremely smart. Mm-hmm. She used her sexuality to like advance her career in mm-hmm. very interesting ways. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I love. You've seen, uh, Death Becomes Her. Oh yeah, that's a great movie. Oh, and she plays the devil in that. No, she plays. She's not the devil. She's just somebody who has the thing. The the. But they're okay. Li- but, but they're like. They're like, oh, she's very devil. It's like, how old are you? And she says her act like her real age, which is like four hundred years old. Mm-hmm. She's like ten years older than both of the main actresses in those movies in real life. Yeah, and she just looks amazing. She's amazing. Have so. you seen her like YouTube shorts, green porno? No. <laughs> it's she talks about the strange um, sexual behaviors of animals. Oh, cool. And she acts them out. So okay. she like wears like puppet costumes and has another puppet and it's like she like what's one of it's like green beetles mate by the males like uh cracking the shell of the females to insert their penis in and so they'll like act it out okay it's I'm called gonna, green porno i'm gonna watch this i have a rec- you should watch um ghost girls oh. it's uh two girls who do a fake ghost program but it's ghost girls g-h-i oh yeah you yeah. told me that it's very good i'm just telling you internet stuff here. <laughs> Um, I'll check. I didn't even know she had a YouTube channel. Of course she does. Yeah, <coughs> yeah she's yeah, it's cool. Um, no, I I agree. Pamela Anderson, she she definitely used her sexuality, and she was not uncomfortable with it. Like it didn't feel she didn't it didn't feel awkward that she was naked. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like, and now we're doing a nude scene mm-hmm. that the female lead doesn't want to do. Yeah, which is very common in exploitative right. movies. And that's why I didn't feel like that at all. And and not knowing that it was a gender swap of a classic movie where, of course, the man is in charge. Mm -hmm. Um, Just seeing her be that character who is untouchable, who everything, she only does anything because she wants to do it in the way that she wants to do it and no one can control her. I just thought was pretty cool. No, I agree. I I just, her actual performance is very flat. I wish she would have brought more than... Almost literally one tone. I think that so. that could have been possible had they actually fleshed out the relationship that was supposed to be the heart of the movie. Yeah. So it's a heart of Casablanca, and they didn't flesh it out at all. So It felt like the director didn't give anybody any real direction. Yeah. And it felt like the actors were kind of allowed to do whatever they wanted to do, yeah. which is why, like, Udo Carr shines. Yeah. And um, the, the pawn guy, he's, like, really over, like, all over it. But like the evil guy is like not handy enough. Like oh, the the fat king. Yeah, the fat king, right? Like I mean, that was a great thing that lasted for all of fifteen so minutes. You know, like it was just. <laughs> I mean, that's like could have been an interesting th- if she would have gone there first, like at the beginning of the movie, yeah. and they could have been like yeah, but like the the weird Mad Max section of the movie. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that was very odd. Um, yeah. <laughs> Would would you recommend it <laughs> to somebody who hasn't seen it before? Uh, it depends on what mood you're in. <laughs> you tend to like bad movies more than than I do. What? You were you were you were pitching Sharknado four oh. to me, <laughs> and you like a particular kind of bad movie. Like I'll pitch you a bad movie like I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's but, it's hard to pinpoint. Like yeah. how do you put your finger on? 
uh, how to be just the right amount of self-aware without, I mean, too much like looking at the camera Mm -hmm. kind of stuff is dumb. And you want to be immersed in a world, even if it's a silly world. So you can't be reminded every second that it's stupid. Yeah. And I, I think that just means that the writer isn't committed to the story that they're telling. So it's a, they have to walk that line. And it's hard to put your finger on. You just know when you see it. Yeah. yeah. So I don't, the last Sharknado, uh, <laughs> it's about time. I I was also pretty stoned when I watched it. So, <laughs> But like, I mean, like, do you like The Room or Troll 2? Or... I love Troll 2. That's okay. your fault. You made you know, me Troll, watch that. But like Troll, two is, Troll 2 is pretty amazing. Um, wait, what was the first one? The Room. The Room. <laughs> it it's painful it's too painful I don't, I don't think it's funny even with people i've tried yeah i don't think it's good no i mean it's definitely not good no i don't think it's even funny no like, I don't. it's too awkward to be funny it's also like too commercialized and being self-aware to yes. be funny like yes. you know if like troll 2 is funny because it's like from the 80s mm-hmm. and people discovered it now mm-hmm. when the room came out and people were like "Ooh, it's funny because it's so bad i'm like this is like hipster bullshit you know like mm, i like coffee that tastes like garbage because i don't <laughs> like to enjoy anything in life. like that's what it felt like yeah. you know like look at look at this terrible like you know why don't we go watch fucking transformers then that shit oh, sucks, that sucks. <laughs> you know? yeah like, it's a fucking spinoff movie that's a bumblebee movie like those movies are big and terrible so I think you might now like that Sharknado movie. It, it <laughs> no, really Sharknado, Sharknado, and Birdemic are like right because I love the mm-hmm. Asylum movies too. Like, I think they're hilarious, and like I am a sucker for giant monsters. Mm-hmm. I love all the Godzilla movies. They're mm-hmm. fucking great, and they're dumb. They're so dumb, but that's yeah, I love that shit. I just don't like it when it's like making fun of people who are trying really hard. Sometimes it yeah. feels a little like. Like, trauma movies know their shit. They, they know that they're trying their best, but also they have little to work with, so they do a really bad job. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, The Room was trying to be genuine. Yeah. And that guy is, Tommy Wiseau, is, like, a kind of narcissistic, like, he's trying to be, like, a um, Orson Welles kind of yeah. guy. So, yeah. It's, yeah, but it's like he has... A narcissistic personality that is a mental disorder. Yeah. And so it feels kind of bad to laugh. Yeah, it does. And, you know, like, it's not like, you you know, when when somebody dies and they go into their apartment, they're like, he's been drawing 20,000 mazes for the last 20 years. Or he wrote this giant 5,000-page book. Look at this amazing thing that nobody knows about. No, it's, his shit's, like, on display and also really bad and awkward. Mm-hmm. So I don't find it funny. So, <clears throat> yeah, that I, kind of stuff. I don't know if I like more bad movies. I just happen to have been <laughs> talking about them more recently. Yeah. I've seen uh, too many. Uh, I went to Anime anime Fest. Ugh, I don't know why I pronounce it that. I went to Anime Fest this weekend, mm-hmm. and I also watched Total Recall on Thursday. Mm-hmm. So it was Total Recall, Akira, mm-hmm. the Cowboy Bebop movie, and Princess Mononoke. So I did, like... Heavy, 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 heavy. Yeah. All over two hours long. Mm-hmm. All super cerebral films. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> watching Barbed Wire was like kind Brain of... Brain candy. Yeah, it was it was fun and different, but yeah. Total Recall, watching that, that shit is... That is a fucking good movie. 
totally forgot how actually amazing that movie is. I think I saw it at Central Cinema a couple years ago. It's you should watch it again. Okay. Because it is, it's like truly hard sci-fi from a time when hard sci-fi was not a thing. You mm-hmm. couldn't get away with it, and you especially couldn't get away with it with any kind of real action sequences, mm. like. You know, there's there was Blade Runner, but Blade Runner wasn't really that. And there's like Alien, but like Total Recall, like it's violent and bloody, mm-hmm. and the the actual sci-fi has like really good practical effects and mm-hmm. matte paintings and spaceships and shit. Which yeah, no, they definitely tried hard to make that world realistic. It's cool, yeah. <clears throat> I think it's funny. I I think I'm more um, bored or upset in movies that are middle road. Which is maybe why I don't like the most superhero movies. Mm-hmm. I like it's the same thing about coffee and how it used to be about beer. Like I like really crap coffee, mm-hmm. um, and I like really nice coffee, but middle of the road coffee I don't like. Mm-hmm. And with movies, I feel similarly. Like movies that are pretty good and pretty entertaining and have a decent storyline and decent acting, but are just very formulaic. Mm-hmm. I have a harder time with i like i i like originality more than uh good than a good plot sometimes right no and and i i agree like um i forget who said this but it's probably somebody much smarter than me uh like the prime sin of art is to be boring Mm -hmm. so if the movie is formulaic but it's good Mm -hmm. like you can forgive it you know like uh i mean i want to say the wizard of oz but that's like a proto movie because it's so old but, like, you can have a movie that's just so basic, mm-hmm. but because you enjoy it so mm-hmm. much, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But, like, like, we can use Barbed Wire and Casablanca. They're, like, if, if you take them and say they're the same thing, Casablanca does it really well, whereas Barbed Wire just doesn't know how to handle the material and make the characters care. Like, you don't care about any yeah. of their motivations. Yeah. Whereas in Casablanca, like, you're invested, like, the second... Uh, uh, they walk into the bar. It's mm-hmm. like everything changes. Yes. And it's just a different kind of movie. It has a different weight to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's not. Yeah, it's it's a danger to be boring. And and I, I like the Marvel movies and the new superhero movies can be pretty boring. I agree. Some of them are. <laughs> um, dude, fucking Star Wars is bullshit, man. Started. I I'm trying to watch the Solo movie because it's on Netflix. Yeah. And I'm, like, getting through it, like, 15 minutes, half an hour at a time. Because it's, like, you know, the inciting incident. You got to get off the planet. And his girlfriend gets left behind. Now he's got to go get his girlfriend again. And I'm, like, it's Han Solo. You're supposed to be, like, a ladies' man. But now you care about a girl. No. And then in the first 15 minutes, they, like, explain his name, give him his gun, he meets Chewbacca and he's like, I gotta change your name because it's too long, so I'm gonna call you Chewie. It's like so fucking stupid. They're basically just masturbating everyone in the audience, the uh-huh. Star yeah. Wars, and I don't like that. And fucking, uh, it's got uh, Glover. Uh, Donald Glover's in it. Yes. And he's so boring. Is he? He's so lame. Like really? He's, yeah. He's like, I can't picture Donald Glover being boring, so. He's just like, hey, I'm cool. That's like his whole character. Is just, I'm a cool guy. Like, I thought that's what Lando was supposed to be. Yeah, played by uh, what is that? Uh, Billy D. Williams. Mm, right. But Billy D. Williams is, is like, I don't know. Billy D. Williams is just like 
his face is charismatic. It's weird. I don't know what it is about that dude. I wish he would have played Two Face more than. Um, oh. Yeah, in the end of it's in. Batman Returns. Mm. He is the mayor. He's Harvey Dent. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. And but then they switch actors when they go to. The different director. He's the mayor. I mean, who who was um. He's Harvey Dent. Like he's running oh, for mayor. Okay. He's yeah. the uh, Harvey Dent is Harvey two-faced. Dent. Yes, yes. But then they change it to um. Because Christopher Walken plays. I thought Christopher Walken played. He plays the, the evil like. He runs the the cat food company. Oh, the, that yeah. she works at. Yeah, his name is oh, okay. His name is Max Shrek. Oh. Which is weird because Max Shrek is, the. The cat food company. I forgot it was something so pedantic. Yeah. Well, Max Shrek is the guy who played Nosferatu in Nosferatu. For some reason, he they just huh. use that name. Yeah. That's really random. weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but. Yeah, I mean, it's just lame when movies are boring. It's and I, I you know, like, observation. It's, I, I, I do have to say with a grain of salt, it's kind of amazing that movies get made at all. Like, if you really think about it, how many people work on those fucking things? Mm. It's like millions of dollars and hundreds and hundreds of people. And the fact that it even makes any logical sense at all <laughs> is still impressive to me. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, it's more impressive when it's like a couple of people. Like when you see yeah. something like Primer or. Uh, get out or small production movies yes. that make a really clear vision that works yeah. and then you see a big bloated movie that like actually is funny that's more impressive to me yeah. because it feels so homogenized and so playing by the rules to make sure it's safe mm-hmm. but then something like like Guardians of the Galaxy is a genuinely amazing movie to me I think it's a very good movie it exists in 20 or 19 other movies that are kind of bland, mm-hmm. but that one movie is like the shining example of like Chris Pratt's really funny in it, uh, the Drax is really funny in it, all the characters actually click, they actually feel like they want to be there, yeah. it seemed like a fun time, <laughs> but then you watch something like Iron Man 2, which is just like, here we go again, so it's just bland bullshit. Um, so that's kind of the stuff that still amazes me. But all the Star Wars movies yeah. since the prequels have just been regurgitated garbage. Yeah. I think it's hard, too, if you watch, if you're someone that wa- watches a lot of sci-fi and fantasy, mm-hmm. if you think you've seen it before or the message they're trying to send, it can turn you off right away. Yeah. And I, it, it's kind of ruined me in some ways because I think that I could have enjoyed the handmaid's tale oh yeah but a lot of people i know who love that show uh are new to Mm sci-fi and uh alternative history and so the idea of an allegory that's an exaggeration of things that happen now to make a point is new to them so it blows their mind when they're like oh it's like now but different (laughs) and it's like here but it's worse and i get what they're trying to say and so to them it like really is like blows their mind because they they understand our current events better because of watching the sci-fi situation but that is sci-fi yeah it is uh it's forcing you to look at things that already exist and the ways that humans already treat each other that's the whole point of it but i can't care about it if i think i've seen it before yeah so if i see like a 
sci-fi scenario of like a Puritan society, I already know what they're trying to say, mm-hmm. um, and it's not interesting to me. So there's I couldn't watch the show because it was so boring in that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's why originality matters to me because if I think I I want to come away from it thinking about this world that we're living in now in a different light. That's yeah. the whole point. Sure. And if the story has already been told, but in a different way, then I, I can't care about it. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like 1984 or something. Yeah, everything's you know. 1984. Yeah. Well, I still need to read uh, Brave New World, the Huxley one. Yeah. Because apparently that's the one that's, like, more scary. Mm. Um, I don't know anything about Huxley. I do know he wrote the book about the some like the French devils in the 1600s, too. <clears throat> but that's a different thing. Um, French devils. Oh, Horror movies. I wanted to talk about two horror movies. Okay. Because I asked you what your favorite horror movie is. Well, when I... I'm not sure. I, okay. I'm still thinking about it. Well, what are yours? Uh, uh, shoot. I can't... Uh, I sent them to you. I'm going to look them up on my phone. This is very professional. <laughs> um, one of them is called The Vanishing. Um, is that the old one? Uh, it's from the 80s. Oh, from the 80s. Yeah. Okay. Um, Diabolical. I haven't heard of those. That one is so fucking rad. Um, so the, the vanishing is uh, a couple go to a rest stop and the woman disappears. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the guy just becomes obsessed and oh, falls through. Is, is, it, is it an American movie or is it? It's uh, s- Swedish, I think. Okay, I have seen it, yeah. Yeah. So he, yeah, he becomes obsessed with her, and he finally meets the person who yeah. is responsible for her disappearance, and he's like a family man, and mm-hmm. he just has this weird ritualistic obsession with, like, how to capture a girl and dismember her and shit. Yeah. Is it a German movie? Because I, I just remember that his, when he's thinking out loud of why he's doing yeah. this, I'm like, this is the most German thing I've ever heard. It is such a, it is such one of those movies where you're like, you're watching it, and you're like, you're into it and you're like following his little adventure along mm-hmm. and then you get the fact that like, oh he's the bad guy i'm not supposed to relate to him at all but he's like a family man oh that movie's yeah. so good uh diabolical is <clears throat> a wife and his mistress of a low school principal hatch a plan to murder him while having the perfect alibi they carry out the plan but then their body disappears hmm. it's a very very cool movie um Psycho is directly inspired by it. Mm, Hitchcock really? tried to buy the rights to it, oh. but the dude bought the rights like a couple hours before him. <laughs> like Hitchcock couldn't get on the phone fast enough. Wow, it is a very tense, neat movie. Huh. Um, <clears throat> the uh, which is great. <clears throat> it just clicked with me because uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, a couple years back I was trying to find actual scary movies that aren't just like slasher movies or because mm-hmm. I mean a lot of horror movies are like disgusting yeah or but they aren't actually scary and the vanishing is really terrifying Mm -hmm. because it it like it's you sympathize with a ted bundy character so easily i didn't sympathize with him i don't mean okay maybe not sympathize but no i do mean i mean you understand him you 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 understand what he's Mm. doing you get his motivation you can maybe not you don't want to do it but everything is relatable to it and understandable. Maybe that's a different way of saying it. It it clearly shows you how and what he's doing mm-hmm. so clearly that um, – and then the other guy who's, like, completely obsessed with it mm-hmm. is such a weirdo, like, because he's so fucking obsessed. I was more – I related to him because yeah. I thought 
because on the outside you could really judge his actions and be like why is he putting himself in this position he knows what's going to happen but i like when you're so obsessed with something that's horrible you want to participate in the horror yeah and i i got that which seemed really strange but I don't know. I didn't really even understand the bad guy in the same way you're describing, especially because it became so expository. He's instead of showing anything, he's just telling them and right. it, his ritual, and it was a little too chatty. I see. I see what you mean, but I just thought we just uh, there's not a lot of a lot of movies that would first of all let the bad guy win. Yes, that's true. And the secondly, especially during that time. Yeah, and and secondly. Do it so, um, just blase. Mm-hmm. Like the movie doesn't tell you good or bad. Nothing. Mm-hmm. It's just like this is what happens. These are these characters. Fucking figure it out for yourself. Mm-hmm. It's like he's a family man. How do you feel about that? <laughs> doesn't matter. Like it's just it's a terrifying movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like it was just one of those movies that's always stuck with me. Where like it actually hit me hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and it hit me hard the first time. Not like The Shining which I had to watch like three or four times before it actually hit me. I had to watch The Shining. It was about the time six or seven I watched it where I stopped being so terrified I couldn't go to sleep. Yeah. So I kept watching it because it freaked me out really bad right away. And I had to keep watching it so I, had, so I thought it was less real. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's I'm not. I can go to sleep after <laughs> it's a It's a good movie, though. Um. Yeah, I just I I just was trying to figure out um, what uh, what what now? What do we watch? Do we have? So I well I, did I t- I haven't talked about um because Savage Land is my favorite okay. new horror. Um, I still think about it almost not on a daily basis, but it pops up in my mind a lot, especially with the politics now. This is a good example of how fantasy and horror are just you know symbols for things we're going through. So it's a it's a zombie outbreak happens in America, and the only person that survives from it is a Mexican illegal immigrant American, hmm. and um, how they treat him and how they right away assume that he's responsible for it is very disturbing. Um, it's a found footage movie, but there's no. It is just interviews of people. Cool. There's no, and which. That's like the best thing. That's the best part of Blair Witch. You all the interviews. yes, and and you believe it a lot more because explaining in found footage why um, someone is holding a camera to the horror sequence rather than putting it down and running, you really <laughs> can never explain it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in this movie, you don't. It, there's none of that. It's all captured in still photographs because the person who saw everything happen was a photographer. So you find his photographs. But so it feels extremely real. All the interviews feel real. They're not actors. They seem just like normal people. So um, it's it's horrifying. And there's something really horrifying about seeing still photographs rather than moving, you know, zombie-like people. So um, it stuck with me, and I still think about it a lot. So I really recommend that one. Um, I don't know. I tend to like found footage movies, surprisingly. Yeah. But... Um, we could. I mean, we. I don't know. I was thinking about what we'd watch for next week, but we could watch that. Mm. So, well, we've done a lot of my suggestions so far. That's all, true. All two of them have. <laughs> well, I mean, the other one was uh, on that list. But what was uh, his? But who was the guy who wrote that list? Oh, uh, Anton Lavey. Yeah, it was his suggestion. His suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll we'll do text. We'll figure it out. Well, I mean, now I think we need to do something kind of more serious after Was this it? one. Yeah. Um, Maybe a really good drama. Sure. Um, I kind of wanted to watch Eighth Grade. The Bo oh, Stern movie. I, I would watch that. I, I have see not that. seen it. Yeah, that's an interesting. Mm-hmm. Or um, good drama. What was the Woody Allen movie, uh, Crimes and Misdemeanors? Oh yeah. I actually really think well, about that as a good. He's drama. a he's a good director. He's just a creeper. I mean, uh, like really, he he makes great movies. He just legitimately creeps me out. So. Like, all the movies I've ever seen of him I've liked. It's just mm. Meredith's stepdaughter. Mm. Sorry. It wasn't really his stepdaughter. Though. It still creeps me. He wasn't living in the house with them when she came. Still, still, so weird. Just <laughs> it's some fucking Greek tragedy shit there. I get more creeped out when he's in, what's the movie where he his girlfriend literally is 15? Uh, the Manhattan one. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, his girlfriend's literally 15. I saw, like, Annie Hall and... At least she's his age. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll figure something out. Uh, a comedy. A comedy or a drama or a horror. <laughs> we should... <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. A romance. I'll find some. Yeah, I love romance movies. I'll, I'll, I'll dig through something like that to tell you. Okay, I think this is where I think we're done. We're done. I'm tired of it. Be prepared,